if you were to choose between these two mother-in-laws, <laughs> okay, <laughs> who would it be? Margaret Beaufort or Cecily Neville? The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Tudor's Dynasty podcast with Rebecca Larson. Welcome back to the show. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. And this time I'm going to be on the other side of the microphone, so to speak. And I have welcomed a friend of the show and very loyal listener, Amy, here today to ask me a few questions. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate you bringing me on. I am I'm absolutely thrilled to uh, turn the tables on you. (laughs) I'm absolutely terrified. (laughs) <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> um, oh, well, thank you so much. You know, I've been a longtime listener and Patreon. Yes. And uh, I can't wait to ask you a couple of questions. I don't know. I feel like as a fan, I, there's there's things that I've always wanted to know about you. And, and we have so much in common. I can just, you know, I always could just tell from your episodes. And I really just wanted to get to know you more. And I, I hope some of the fans do too. So with that being said, now that we have the fangirling yeah. out of the way, I want to say too, congratulations, because it has been six years. My gosh, how are you feeling about that? You know what? I am, I'm almost speechless about it. <laughs> That's not very often that I'm speechless. When I think back to the beginning, no way would I have ever thought back then that I would still be doing it now or that there would be as many people listening to it as there are now, because I was happy if there were 20 listens, period. <laughs> so absolutely. I'm sure there's no way you could have been like, it's, you know, it's gotten to where it's gotten. And, yeah. you know, I, this is something I've always wanted to know. Can you tell me like about that moment when you just said, I can't take this anymore. I have to start this podcast. I have to start this website. And, and kind of why did you did you have nobody to talk to like like me? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> Did you basically. Have a... <laughs> so I, you know, back in 2015 is when I started my Twitter handle. And that was the first time I had got into social media about anything Tudor. I'd been interested in the history and medieval history prior to that, but never really tried to join the community. And so I decided to, you know, open a Twitter handle and started doing stuff on Twitter. And then on Facebook, I started following different groups and pages and just really getting a feel for the community and how it worked. 
And then eventually in 2015, I decided I was going to make a paperly. And I don't know if most people don't remember paperly. And it was like this online magazine or newspaper that you could make. And basically what you did is you attached links from articles throughout the web or blogs and stuff like that. And you made your own paper. And I started doing that and I started seeing all these different articles and topics. And I thought, this is really interesting. And I have one of the most supportive husbands. And he said to me, why don't you start a blog and start writing yourself? And I said, oh, no, I'm not a writer. I, I don't I don't do that. And he said, it's OK. You know, you should do it. And I said, no, I'm not a good writer. And he said, you know what, sweetie, the more you write, the better you'll get. And that's a typical writer for you. <laughs> right, right, right. And so he was so right, because if I go back and read those original articles that I wrote in 2015 mm. and compare them to what I do now, I have definitely improved as a writer. I'm never going to say I'm a great writer, but I've improved. And mm. while doing the blog and being on social media, promoting the blog, uh, a person came forward in like, gosh, when was it? I think 2016 and said, you should start a podcast. Wow. And, and I thought, that's <laughs> you had no experience. None. No experience before then. Wow. No, I mean, that's inspiring. I, I <laughs> Well, they said I should start one. I didn't say I was going to. Because <laughs> at that it sounds time. sounds easier, right? It sounds yes. easier when they're like, you should do it. And you're like, um. Right. So basically, I was working a full-time job, 40 hours a week. And I was running this this website and, and writing. At that time, I was writing like three articles a week I was publishing. It was insane, the amount of content I was putting out. But I was so excited. And then in 2017, I finally decided to start a podcast with the encouragement, once again, of my husband. He has a he's a radio DJ or a veteran. Mm -hmm. He had been in the industry for 20 years, and that's how I met him. And then I eventually um, worked in radio sales as well. So I have some experience in that industry and was okay. always, even as a young girl, I wanted to be a DJ myself. And I, don't, I don't know that a lot of people know that. That's one of those no, things that's like... That's what we want to hear, Rebecca. We want to hear all these little juicy details. <laughs> <laughs> I used to sit on my bed as a, you know, a teenager or preteen listening to the radio with my little boom box. And now I'm going to date myself with the two cassette mm -hmm. tapes. And I would be listening to the radio, recording the radio and then recording myself in between the commercials or as the station was coming back from a commercial break. And I was pretending like I was the DJ. And so I, I wish I had these tapes from back then, but it was always a dream of mine yes. um, to be on the radio. And so I, I guess I just found a different way to do it. And I had somebody to show me how to mm. do it, but I'm also very independent and I want to do things on my own. So I've made all of the mistakes along mm -hmm. the way. And, you know, you can only do what you can do and you can only improve as you make mistakes. And so mm -hmm. I don't regret anything that I've done. We're so lucky that little Rebecca was sitting on her <laughs> on her bed doing that. That's awesome. No, I knew you had some kind of a background um, in radio and even I think genealogy. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yes. That, that was my first love. OK, I, so that's how the two mixed together. Oh, definitely. When I was a, a young girl, about the same time when I was obsessed with radio, I also I think I had to do a family tree for school or something. And I discovered this family history book that my dad had for his side of the family. 
And I started to look through it and started reading the stories. And I thought, this is absolutely fascinating. I want to know more about these people and the time that they lived and what they were like. And so even at that age, I started doing research, trying to figure out where my family came from. And that kind of turned into more as I got older. And I was lucky enough at one point um, to be basically a contracted genealogist for Ancestry.com. So I, I put professional genealogist on my resume for a while. And that's when it was really, like, really hot back then. And and isn't it funny how you just find that little thread and you start pulling? I haven't done it myself, but same with me. When I was a little kid, I just became obsessed with, like, a historical figure like a a Marilyn Monroe or the Kennedys or the mafia. And I would just dig and dig and dig and become obsessed and and fascinated in it. And then you just kind of, like, go from there and you realize this is something I I love to do. And you're able to do it. And you still work your full-time job. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how hard that is. I'm sure it's fun what you do, but again, you are doing it all by yourself. So, I mean, how hard was that in the beginning? Did you, did you almost give up? Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you how many times I've almost given up just because sometimes it, it gets to be so much, but really what brings me back is just my love for it. I can't live without history. And this is just my way to connect with it. I mean, when I first started... I did the episodes a lot different where I would, it was like every two weeks they put out an episode and I would spend one week reading and researching everything I could possibly find on that subject. And then the second week was me recording and editing it and um, getting it ready to put out to the world. Mm. And after a while that even got crazy. It it was hard to keep it because doing that reading and research beforehand is very time consuming. Oh, yeah. So I got to and the you point. Wormhole, like, the yes, wormhole. <laughs> the wormholes are intense. But isn't it funny? Because it, it's, you know, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of your fans. And I know like me, like I get so exhilarated by it. Like I'll look at the clock and it's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've literally been researching like this one person. I just go wormhole after wormhole. Yeah. And it is exhilarating, you know, and then, you know, you get to make something of it. And it's just it's got to be so gratifying to, to see and hear and listen to it back that you've created something and then you people love it and you kind of did it for yourself. But then, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad you didn't give up. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just glad people <laughs> like it. But you know, that's the, probably your biggest fear when you start a podcast is that people are going to hate it and they're going to say mean things to you mm-hmm. about it. And it was never like that. It really wasn't. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do have to have a thick skin, though. I mean, oh, my gosh, anything yeah. social media related. I can't yeah. even imagine. Um, I always go back to the same thing. The person who commented and said I was trying to sound like a man. <laughs> I don't. Why? Does it motivate you? <laughs> Does it motiv- did they did they how did they say that on a comment? I think it was a YouTube comment or oh. something like, why are you trying to sound like a man? Oh, that <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't. This is just I my cried myself to sleep for three or four days. It would have been no, fine. That one, made me, that one made me laugh. There have been some really mean ones, but that one made me laugh. Is that the hardest part? Oh, my. Yeah, I'd probably say that's the hardest part is getting used to knowing when to walk away from the negativity or just ignoring it. You see it, but just ignore it. Don't acknowledge it. And it's hard. It's very hard sometimes to not acknowledge the negative and try and stand up for yourself. But I have learned every time you just get yourself into a deeper hole. So it's better just to ignore it and move on from it and pretend like it didn't happen. I I can't I know that I would I would take that to heart, but I, I 
hopefully turn it into something like, is there something, is there some part of it that I can take and improve on? Sure. You know, definitely. I agree. There's definitely that part of it, too, that you do have to process it a little bit, but you have to learn to let it go very quickly, too. Yeah. And and. I love our friends over at Queens, uh, the Queens podcast. They just post their worst reviews. Like, I love it. I love it. It's so great. What a great way to handle that. Um, <laughs> so I, again, as somebody who has listened to every episode multiple times almost, can you tell me like one of the most embarrassing moments you've had? Like, come on, tell us about a time when you just like put your foot in your mouth during an interview. <laughs> I don't... So we can all go back and listen to it. <laughs> no, see, this is the deal, though. I do the editing. so yeah, I cut the... But I think the one time where I felt the most embarrassed was, I believe, when I was interviewing Nathan Amin the first time, maybe. And we started the, re- the recording session and, you know, we're having the chat and I looked over and I did not hit record on Skype. <laughs> Because we were using Skype back then. And it wasn't being recorded anywhere. I wasn't recording it locally on my computer. It wasn't being recorded. And we had just talked for like 10 minutes. And he told you who <laughs> killed the princes in the tower. And now we'll never know because it's lost to history. It's lost to history. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So were you, were you, is there anyone that you were like really nervous to interview? Oh, gosh, yes. Dan Jones. Oh, man, my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's still one of my favorite. I think back to, I think I just had reached a point with podcasting um, where I wanted to do something different and I knew I was going to need a big splash. I knew I was going to have to get a bigger name in order to do it. And I had been following him on social media forever. And mm-hmm. I just thought he was so entertaining. And I thought I would love to have him as a guest on the show. And then, of course, in the back of my mind, I thought, well, <laughs> he's never going to agree to come on your right. show. Who are you right. to ask Dan Jones to come on your show? And then I reminded myself, something I tell myself and others all of the time, is that you'll never get anything if you don't ask for it. Mm. And so I thought, I'm just going to ask him, what's the worst he's going to say? No? Well, I already don't have him, so I'm just going (laughs) to ask him. And I asked him, and initially he kind of hummed and hawed a little bit and, you know, was kind of like, I don't really do those things. What? And then, and you know, this was a long time ago compared to now. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. And then I went back to him and, you know, I... I don't remember exactly what I said, but somehow I convinced him and he said, because I had asked so nicely, that's why he agreed <laughs> to come on the oh show. Gosh. But yeah, I think it was a season finale. I wish I knew what the year was. <sighs> um, I wish I, w- I knew what the year was, but I remember that. And it's so funny because, you know, radio or it's like the editing thing. It's like, it sounds like you guys are old pals. You know, like, <laughs> I you really, know, like- <laughs> I try hard when I'm talking to a guest to really treat them like somebody I would have coffee with. Because to me, I think that shows through. I want people to feel comfortable. Like I want them to feel like they're listening to two friends chat. Yeah, it's very approachable. Like you make yourself very approachable. I do think you bring out some, you know, the easiness and the, um, the easiness in the uh, in the person that you're interviewing. And it's just so funny because like you can't go a week without Dan being on a podcast. I mean, he's right. his own podcast. He's now. everywhere. Look, I mean, yes. let's just give let's just attribute that to you. <laughs> it was because of me. You're welcome. You Dan were the Jones. Spark. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> he's well, it went this. great. So that's that's awesome. So kind of piggybacking off that, like it went so well. 
you've got him, right? You got mm-hmm. Elvis, the Elvis of, yeah. of history. Um, <laughs> is there anybody that you haven't interviewed yet that you want to? Oh, let's be honest. Dan, really having his name attached to my show really helped build the credibility so that I could go to bigger names and I could say, hey, Dan Jones has been on my show. Yeah. And then I had Susanna Lipscomb on my show oh, and Tracy Borman. And, and so I, yeah. that ha- being able to have those bigger name people, the more recognizable names helped bring recognition to the show. But there is one person that I have been trying to get for quite some time, but I just don't think I ever will. But I'll keep trying. Yeah. Lucy Worsley. Oh, gosh. I would love to have her. She just her knowledge is so vast. I think she'd be a fun, a fun guest. I'd be nervous. You got you got Dan and 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 Susanna, the prom king and queen. And then you have like the guy, I mean, the godmother, the goddess of of oh, that would be so lovely. You know what? Maybe she's listening. Maybe. I doubt it, but <laughs> Lucy, are you there? <laughs> hey, text me. <laughs> yeah. Send me a DM. Just do what I did. Just slide into Rebecca's slide DM. Slide into my get DM. Get your, get your shot on Tudor's Dynasty. <laughs> but it's so funny because I think this is like blowing my mind right now because you were, and Dan, this is something that Dan said too, you were kind of my gateway, mm. you know, my gateway drug into historical podcasts. And then I just like went crazy and I started listening to all of them. Then I noticed they all start popping up on, you know, and then, then some of these historians, they have their own podcasts and, yeah. you know, and I, I, I did actually want to ask you something. I, I'm glad I just remembered it, but so you originally started where it was kind of like a one man show. It was you researching, it was you, you know, talking about it on your show, but then you started interviewing. And mm-hmm. I know for me, like they say those who, those who can't do teach or something, but it's like, I don't want to say we're we've we're past our prime of becoming a famous historian at this point, Rebecca, but I think that interviewing people who have done it, who have been there, who have spent the majority of their life being historians, touching these archives, you know, go doing all these things that they're doing, like you get to interview them. It's like you're you're it's a piece of it. It's something that you get to share with everyone. And I'm I'm so glad that that happened because that's been is that pretty much what what you've been doing since is interviewing interviewing people and doing kind of less of it on your own? Yeah. So I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm going through this metamorphosis right now. And so as I've been getting busier and busier trying to do different things with history that I want to do, I've, you know, reached to Steph and Heather and Christine to kind of help a little bit more with building more content But also by bringing in different people, they have different connections to historians and guests that maybe I don't have, which just widens the net of the talent that gets to come on the show and the people who get to share their knowledge. And I think the diversity between the co-hosts is good because somebody might not like me. They might think I sound like a man and they don't want to listen to me, but maybe they enjoy, you know, how Steph does ask the expert or maybe, you know, they prefer the other things. So I just, I love being able to share my platform with other people because I, although I started it, I've had so many people help me build it. And so I just want to give back and share it with everybody else. You got a great team there. I mean, and they all really do bring something to the table. I absolutely love when Christine was doing the Becoming Elizabeth. It was so awesome. Like listening to her, I never would have, you know, thought about the different things that she talked about with like the sets and the costume or like the Mm -hmm. way things were implied. I I was just blown away. And she's like talking to your friend. I mean, she really is like 
talking to it, like just wearing a nice cozy sweater and letting them <laughs> tell you about all the things that you don't know without making you feel like an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> or that you're wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you're not embarrassed because she's saying all the things that you want to know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And Heather's so funny. I love when you guys talk. It's just it, it cracks me up. Um, <laughs> and the new girls are, are doing so great. So you did right. say you're going through some sort of a metamorphosis. So let, let me piggyback on that. What does the future for Tudor's dynasty and beyond look like? What are you excited about? Well, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know how much I want to say. Don't I was... be too vague, Rebecca. Give us the <laughs> I, I Give it up. Uh, you know, it's so hard because I feel like if I say it and it's being recorded, that makes it real. And right. I often change my mind. So I'm saying this now, but just so you know, in a week, I might feel different. <laughs> Tudor's dynasty. Well, you know, Tudor's dynasty has just, it's been my baby for so long. And I love the Tudors, but there reaches a point where you want more, right? That's just, that's just life. And I love, I I don't, I'll never shy away from the Tudors because obviously I have such an attachment to it. But I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and do something different, something a little bit more creative and technical and in a totally different Mm -hmm. time period. And what that is, is I want to start another podcast. And that's about about all I want to say right now. Okay. But um, okay, that is a lot to take on. <laughs> that is a lot. There's Plus, a lot. Are, you're still doing your blog. Oh, my. Well, no, I'll be honest. The, the, the blog, the website has I don't put as as much into that as I used to, because the audience isn't there for it as it used to. It's really changed over the years. People aren't reading the articles on the blog like they used to. They're going to the podcast because people are busy. And I think it's easier to listen to something than to spend the time to read it now. Yep. So I've shifted that energy that I was putting into that, into the podcast and then realized, well, there's so much more creative stuff that I want to do. And so that's this, new adventure that I'm working on behind the scenes right now. And I'm hoping by the end of this year, I'll be able to put out the first episode and share it. Awesome. That's so great. I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, the tutors are going to be your bread and butter. And I think everyone out there knows, I mean, there's still so much to learn. I mean, even the, 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 the Nathan Amin's and, and, you know, the Matt Lewis's and all those guys, they're, they're digging in, in the mud every day right. and you're still going to uncover something. Yeah. There's just, it's almost like there's never a stopping point. No, um, well, look what just happened with the Mary Queen of Scots. Oh my gosh. Right. I know. And the, um, that piece they found, the, the gold necklace that they yes. found, it's just, and it's so funny, too, because like you know, my friends, I have no one to talk to except for you, basically, about, <laughs> about any of this. And they all send me these things like five days later. And I'm like, I, I know the historian who like did that. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I, I fa- don't know I them, fa- but I follow them. <laughs> and it's old news. Like <laughs> I have people do I'm that to me. All the time. Yeah. Do you feel that I, I know for me, I'm just thrilled because. I, I have two Instagrams. Now I have the social one, my own that I don't like do anything with. And then I have just one where I just follow all the historians <laughs> and all the people making the podcasts and that have the content out there that has to do with like the Tudor history and the Plantagenets and all that stuff. And I just feel like every time I turn around, everybody is stepping it up right now. Mm-hmm. Like There really is, like you said, almost like a metamorphosis. And maybe it's because, you know, everyone maybe started around the same time and they're just getting better and better. But 
I love it. I think it, it it's good for everyone that everyone is is doing so well. Is there is there somebody out there right now that you think is like personally really doing it right from a content perspective? Like, who do you look up to? Oh, does it have to be history? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I think my inspiration, and this might just seem left field to hear me say this, but I really draw a lot of inspiration from armchair expert. Oh, yeah. With Dax Shepard. And okay. it's on Spotify and they're only on Spotify. And I just okay. I like listening to how they interview. Hmm. I like the layout of their show. I enjoy the way that they promote their show. So that's who I really I look up to as I aspire to be of that greatness. <laughs> Something that your fans I mean, I would think that everybody knows um, about your obsession with Thomas Seymour. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every enthusiast and historian or who armchair expert has like their one person that they connect with, that they're kind of obsessed with. And that that helps you learn about other things. I mean, I, I almost think it's like baseball. You have like a baseball player that you like or have a team that you like. And then when they kind of move to different teams and then you start kind of digging, you know, you're learning about mm -hmm. those. That's that's how it was for me anyway. But I know your obsession with Thomas Seymour is infamous. I was listening to a, <laughs> a I was listening to a podcast from a completely different channel and you happened to be on there. <laughs> And it was years ago. I don't even know if you had, you must have had your podcast, but they were like, and I know Rebecca is going to get mad at me when I talk about Thomas Seymour <laughs> and, you know, what a cad he was. And I was just laughing to myself because I'm like, has it really been that long that you've been yes. like, wh what, what was that moment? Tell oh. us that moment when you finally said his story needs to be told and I'm not going to rest until I, get <laughs> it was just, it was all just coincidence or I don't, it, I don't I think the stars aligned and it was meant to happen, to be honest with you, because I remember exactly where I was when this happened and it changed my life forever. And yeah. the person that I'm going to talk to you about, like I've told them over and over how much that moment has, is ingrained in my mind. It was 2016. It was the fall. I think it was October. And I was sitting on my computer at work. And I was writing up a sale. I think I was working in radio at that time. And I was typing up a sales proposal for a client. And my Facebook dinged. And I looked and there was a message from somebody named Melanie. And Melanie sent me a message and said that she had been reading my blog. She liked the writing that I was doing and, and wondered if I'd be interested in writing a book. What? Okay. Now, mind you, at this time, I'd only been doing the blog for maybe a year. So I was still really green at writing. And it's flattering when somebody tells you, you know, that they see some potential in you, but I was still kind of skeptical at the same time. And, and she said, you know, I, I work for a publisher and, um, you know, we'd be interested in what a book. And I, I was like, oh, okay, well, great. You know, like, what, what do you want? What do you want me to write about? And they said, well, who do you want to write about? And yeah. I thought for a second, I said, Mary Howard, because she oh, fascinates yeah. oh, me. Oh, God, is she fascinating. Yeah. And Melanie came back to me and she said, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to research a female than if you were to choose a male. And it, since this is going to be your first book, I highly recommend that you pick a male figure. And this was about the same time that I'd been doing, I think, a lot of reading about Mary Howard and Catherine Parr and Elizabeth and Thomas was intertwined in all of their stories. Mm -hmm. And he came into mind because I immediately thought 
you know, this guy was executed. He was the uncle of a king. This is kind of an interesting story. He's I'm married all, to a queen. Right. Like, and I and I just wanted to learn more, and that was really the moment that started the journey of my obsession with Thomas Seymour. Wow, that I mean, how you know, a, a moment like that really does change everything, and it's almost like I've been seen. Somebody sees me, you know. It, yes. Are you having? Are you reminiscing? Because this is like exactly what happened to us. This is our exact story. <laughs> I, do you remember? I was, I stalked you forever, and then I you know, slid into your DMs and we started chatting a little bit on the side. And then you're like, hey, write something for me. And I just like fell over in my chair. I was like, what? I don't remember you stalking me. (laughs) Oh my God. It was, it changed my life. It literally changed my life. It sounds so cliche and so cheesy, but I just go, I always secretly wanted to be a writer and I always secretly, you know, it was just something that I, the path that I never took, you know, we've, we've talked about that a lot, path that we never took, but I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to start spiraling with excitement, you know, and you're like, pick, pick something. And I just have been off way more than I can chew. And you're like, how's it going? I'm like, well, I'm 6,000 words in (laughs) now. I haven't got to the, I've gotten to the grandparent or like whatever. I remember that. (laughs) But it was like, I stayed up. I mean, it was like months I worked on this thing and it was so fun. And it was just like somebody believed in me and somebody gave me a shot and somebody pulled the thing out that I desperately wanted someone to do. And you could have no idea that that was like the case. I mean, my like I was like, what am I supposed to do with my life? I don't have any hobbies. And that's what you did. I mean, you you brought that out of me and I couldn't be more grateful. I'm I'm thank you so much for doing that. And Melanie, too. Thank you, Melanie, for for pushing Rebecca in this way. And. Um, so it's been a long time that you've been working on it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Melanie is still by my side as I work on this. So that's how nice to have a mentor too, like somebody who gets it, somebody who can really help you and, um, kind of guide you on your way. You know, I, I have to ask, like, there's people out there who are listening, who listen to your podcast, who probably are like, I have a passion about something, whether it's Tudor's history or not, you know, you, you're, you're kind of an inspiration. Mm. You're an inspiration to me for sure. But you were just one person who had really nobody helping you and you did it. You created a super successful podcast. I know you're going to, I know you're going to edit this all out. So I'll just stop (laughs) my rampage right there. But is there anything you can say to those people out there who are like, you know, kind of scared to do something and, and put themselves out there? Is there any words of wisdom? I don't know if I'd say wisdom, but what I have learned is that when you experience that fear where your heart starts racing and you feel sick to your stomach, mm-hmm. I have learned that that's when you go toward that fear because run towards the fire, <laughs> run toward, because seriously, when you do, that's when the amazing things happen. And if I hadn't gone toward the fear, I never would have started a podcast. It was terrifying Oh, I'm sure you had imposter syndrome and all still of the do. Things. Yeah. Yeah. It's go toward the fear. I promise you, you will not regret it. Well, I'm I know everyone is on the edge of their seat with the, you know, Thomas and <laughs> his. His reputation and his saga. And I have to ask, like, if you I don't know how much you can tell us without giving away your, your <laughs> delicious book that you're going to come out with. But if you could change like the current narrative of Tom's reputation, what would you want it to be? Wow. If I could change his narrative, I would want it to be, 
I just want him to be seen more fairly um, mm-hmm. because he really wasn't all that different from other men at courts at the time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing anything that, say, Charles Brandon didn't do or that his own brother didn't do or the Earl of Surrey or the Duke of, Nor- you know, like all right, of these people right. behaved in similar ways to Thomas. And oh yet God, the Duke of Norfolk, I mean, <laughs> right. And Thomas, you know, he made mistakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the best word to use for him, I've always thought, is reckless. He made some mm-hmm. reckless decisions that ultimately cost him his life. But I want his reputation to be that he was just another tutor who mm. was executed and didn't commit treason. Mm. And didn't have a trial. I mean, come on, he didn't have a trial. <laughs> yeah. Who didn't sure. have a trial? Thomas Cromwell didn't have a trial. Catherine Howard didn't have a trial. Right. But I'm right. going to get Right. Surrey's was like a, you know, he defended himself, right? I mean, he yeah. wasn't even a chance. And, that- and to be fair, Surrey had a right to hold the coat of arms that he had, but right. it was a threat to the succession of Henry VIII. Whenever a threat is posed, that person has to be extinguished. That's just what Tudor court appears to us. You are a threat. You are a threat to power. You are a threat to wealth. Now you have to die. Mm-hmm. And reckless. Yeah. I mean, he was reckless too. Those two. Yeah. I do feel, I don't, I don't mean martyr, like he's a martyr in a way. There's, there's another word I'm looking for, but, and I, I'm not comparing him to Amelin by any means. Mm-hmm. Please don't get mad at me out there. Um, <laughs> she's, she's my gateway drug. I, I know you and me both are the same. Like yeah. she, the Tudors and and Anne Boleyn. I mean, that's like kind of everybody's plug in and and how they get obsessed. I think, but she's had she's 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 got her she's got her tribe. Uh, yes, <laughs> she's got her history rewritten. She has her narrative rewritten, and she's a heroine. And and you know everyone, you know has their opinions of her, but she definitely has her time to shine, and. It could be you that does that with Tom. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be as big as as Anne, but when you when you want to do something that's going to disrupt the reputation of someone who is just so, I mean, everybody hates him, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're becoming Elizabeth and he's just, I mean, he's kind of cute in that. I mean, that's sick to say, but like he I was like, Tom okay, you're kind of sexy, the bad boy. Of I mean, course. But the court was so toxic. Like, yeah. and I'm sure he didn't have the best family life. You know, you just you now you really do have to kind of take everything in into perspective. And um, I was just listening to um, Matt, totally sidebar, but I was listening to Matt Lewis recently and he did The Princess in the Tower and every single thing that people would say about them. They're like he, he just like. Just said, OK, yeah, no, that's listen to what the part, you know, the sources actually yeah said and where these people were at the time and where they yeah. and so I'm so excited. The important thing to, to to consider when you're researching is you have the sources but then you also have to understand the sources. It's not just this source said that, it's more of why did this source say that? Hmm. You have to think bigger picture than just, you know, it was this person but what's their motive in saying that in writing? And I think that's what's lost a lot, especially with historical dramas. They are like us. Yeah. Just like we're complex. Yeah. Would you say that he's your celebrity crush? (laughs) 
I don't know how I feel about people saying I have a crush on him because I don't oh, think I have a crush. People have said that. Yeah, <laughs> people have said that. And I don't think I have a crush on him. I am obsessed okay. with learning about him. I'm not obsessed with him, so to speak, because I just I don't know. I That's two different things. OK, <laughs> so if you could go back and you could change one event in his life, you could pre- maybe prevent him from doing something, change one thing from happening what what would it be can you tell us oh what or, it's or hard maybe could you, yeah go back and stop him from making one this one mistake or i would think you know most of the stuff that we know about him as i've always said come from particular sources so i don't want to give credence to any of those so i'm going to say that something that i would change would be when he wasn't named governor of the king's person, when he found out he would not share power with his brother, I wish he had just backed down. Mm. But it wasn't in his character to back down, so he didn't. And that's when he became reckless. And I've always said, I think, being with Catherine, I do believe that that was a true love match. Um, And I feel like they balanced each other out. She needed him as much as he needed her, but after she died, that's he had nothing to lose. Right. So yeah. what and was he going to do? Yes, he had to be ambitious. Yeah. And there's so much on that that I'll, I'll cover okay. in my book when I'm yeah. finally done with it. It's taking longer than I expected, but it, it'll be worth it. I promise. Well, you know, I mean, you do <laughs> you're interviewing, you're editing, you're doing, you know, you're everything yourself. I mean, it's to do, to do it yourself. It, it's got to be an incredible feat. Um, so, you know, thanks for, thanks for putting in all that effort. I, I have this like hilarious question that came to me and I was driving the other day mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I knew we were going to do this interview and I said, I have to ask her, cause it's just funny that we live in America. Um, if you could take Tom anywhere in America, <laughs> where would it be and why? Imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, see, I would just take him to my house so that I could sit down and talk with him. <laughs> Give him a, just a lot of coffee and tell him to spill the beans. I'd probably, what would he like? You know, maybe a real beer. He, that might, he might like that. Something different, some real whiskey or, I don't know. I just, I, th- I wouldn't want to take him anywhere because I'd want to keep him all to myself right. for the sake of being able to talk to him. How long do I get to keep him? I know. I'm like, I would do Times <laughs> Square, but then, yeah, you would have no. Right. It'd be cool. Yeah. He would think it's fascinating but i'd get nothing right. out of it <laughs> no that's a that's good i like that I, I like that answer yeah you just want to sit and talk to him and ask him ask him those questions yeah. um okay so enough about tom let's um let's get into some little let's get into some random questions what do you think oh gosh okay i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because we're looking at all, right now all of these tutor artifacts are kind of like coming to light um what is which is crazy to me that is all happening right now so so tell me if you you hit the uh lottery and you could buy any tutor fact in the world with any amount of money what what tutor artifact would would you buy wow that is a random question (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking this is just the stuff i think about like i'm like i listen to you talk and then i'm like well you know what if i could ask her anything Well, of, uh, this is hard of artifacts, probably the ones that are actually available to purchase, maybe purchase Catherine Parr's letter to Thomas. One of oh, them. Good one. Where is that? I think it's at Sudley. 
what would be your ultimate Tudor wedding location? <laughs> if you and Troy could go back and get married again, and now you just said Sud- Sudley, I'm probably mm-hmm. saying that wrong, but would it be, where would it be if you could go to England and go anywhere you want? Well, Sudley is my very first because that would have been the the last place that Th- Thomas and Catherine were together. I think that would be a very romantic spot in the mm-hmm. gardens. So it's funny because I would listen to all your all your episodes, obviously. I've listened to all your episodes and there was always this, there was this one question and I thought you asked this question more than once. So <laughs> I'm realizing now that it really was just one time you asked it. <laughs> I just thought to myself, this she is a pro. Like, I couldn't wait to hear the person's answer. Maybe you asked a couple questions like in different episodes, kind of along those lines, but it was, it was, um, I think you said like who who would be your maid of honor at your wedding? You know, if you and I don't know if it was the tutor wives or if it was like a tutor figure. And some of the answers were just so good. And I'm like, yes, that's such a good question to ask. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it a little tiny bit and say, which tutor figure, I guess, man would you have walk you down the aisle mm. at your wedding? Well, before I answer that, I'll go back to that question was in episode 100. When I had a bunch of previous guests back on, I had them all answer that question. That's what it was. Okay. Yes. So I'm like, I remember hearing it over and over again, but, or I remember hearing it more than once, but it was the same question. And oh my God, I was like, this is so good. And you really caught them all off guard and they're really yeah. good answers. They're like, this person would party or this person was just so loyal <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, man, that's- I love I love to catch them off guard with fun questions like that. That's a, oh. when people go, ooh, and then they have pause for a while. That's when I know. I'm like, ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> that's my favorite episode, I think, besides Dan's. Yeah, I really yeah. think that's OK. So now I'm going to have to start thinking of some like rapid fire questions I could trick you with later. Um, right. So, so who would walk me down the aisle? Ooh, who would walk me down the aisle? Well, I guess it would have to be Thomas. I don't know who else I would have. Henry VIII, the king. Mm. <laughs> the king. Wow, can you imagine? Yeah, I can't. Not the Duke of Norfolk. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> the last person you would want. Right. No, no, no. He's not even invited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I just thought of a good one. If you could, if you could rank in who you like the most in favor of Henry's Catherines, the wives that are named Catherine, in order of favor with least favorite to most favorite. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Who would it be? Uh, so this is ever changing. I think any Tudor fan feels the same as like right now I feel this way, but this could be different next week. So as of today, my least favorite. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's, I have to say Catherine Howard. Okay. Just yep. Be, yep. I I don't think I need to say anymore. Oh, <laughs> and then now, now it's getting juicy though. I know. And and then this is easy. The next one would be Catherine of Aragon. Okay. And then Catherine Parr would be my favorite. Mm-hmm. You must be like learning so much about her too. Yeah, but I you know Thomas. In fairness, I still have so much more to learn because I've been focusing on him for so long and learning everything about him that when I started looking really around him and the people around him, I realized this is going to take me forever to learn each of these people and be able to put it all together so I have a good understanding of who they were and how and why things played out the way that they did. And she's a full-grown woman. I mean, an experienced woman who lived her life 
when she married Henry, yes. you know, and so it's just so interesting. I mean, they do, they all, and I have to thank Heather too, because I didn't really think anything of Anacles. I loved, I loved her representations of her in all the like historical fiction that I read, but I, I was like, eh, she could go to the back of the line. And now with Heather, I'm like, yeah, who's, who am I moving out of the way? Right. You know? and, yes. She really is having a renaissance right now. It's fun to see this right now because there's kind of a shift again. Every once in a while, there's a focus on somebody. So it's been mm-hmm. Anna Cleves for a while. And now I feel like it's going to be moving more toward Catherine of Aragon, where people are okay. going to gravitate back to her and focus on her because, I mean, there's more and more information coming about her as well. And, you know, it's it's an interesting topic if we look at more than just her later years. Yeah. And I know, I mean, way back in the beginning, I've probably been dabbling in, you know, Tudor's research for about 15 years, not, you know, academically, but as a, as a enthusiast. And you really do when you, that moment, when you find out that it was 20 years, you know, or 24 years of time, you just go, Wow. (laughs) It's daunting to think about how much time and effort you need to put into research just her. Yeah. That many years before they got married, where she was the ambassador and just the the, just it's so fast. Yes, there's so much. Please, like, let's let's keep it going. And and I loved um, learning more about the Dudleys, too. Like that. I mean, everybody's everybody's books this year have been phenomenal. And again, I'm just now following all these people. So it's probably been going on for so long. But I'm new to it. So <laughs> there's so much good stuff out there right now. There's so many books. There there. Nobody has enough time. Um, so I'm going to do another. One. I'm going to throw this one at Uh-oh. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were to choose between these two mother-in-laws. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who would it be? Margaret Beaufort Ooh. or Cecily Neville? Oh, oh, that's harder than I thought. Wow. I know because you, you know, you, you research on the side too, but then also how they're depicted. Right. Shows and movies and stuff. They're like, oh God. I mean, <laughs> wow. Okay. Either? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how I would choose between them. I mean, Margaret is a force of power and just unbelievable. And Cecily is <laughs> unbelievable too. Mm-hmm. Um, can we have a third option? <laughs> I did have a third option. It was it was Elizabeth of York, but I just I don't know. See, she'd be too boring. I wouldn't pick her. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I love her. I'm sure that somebody's going to come out. You with know what? Me. I know now. I, I would I would go with Cecily Neville because I'd be afraid that Margaret Beaufort would make me um, go to chapel more than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. My knees aren't that great anymore. <laughs> Okay, so I'm uh, I'm loving so far. I'm loving how this is going. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it going. You're learning so much about me now. You know I have bad knees too. And yes, fans get to know Rebecca. I love it. Let's do it. With all the things I've been dying to put you under the, <laughs> the microscope the here. Yeah. Um, I love doing like the 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 people that have little things in common, like the Catherines and the mothers-in-law. So here's my next one. Which Thomas? had the more undeserved fall from grace, in your opinion. And there's like a thousand of them. I know, I know there's a thousand Thomases, but between Wolsey or Cromwell? The most undeserved. Undeserved. Oh my so you God. have to feel that they, they had to feel that they were actually undeserved, I guess. <laughs> which one, which one, yeah, more undeserved? 
Oh, oh, that's tough too. My instinct says um, Woolsey, mm-hmm. but both he and Cromwell were ambitious in their own right. They were both religious in their own right. One was a cardinal. One was a Lord Privy Seal. Mm-hmm. Well, but Woolsey died before a trial or anything, and Cromwell had a bill of attainder. So Cromwell is my answer because he didn't even get a trial. Which illegitimate son do you like the most? Duke of Richmond, Henry Fitzroy, or Arthur Plantagenet, Lord Lyle? Uh, I would probably have to go with Henry Fitzroy. Yes. Yes. So fascinating. And I need to know more about him, too. Um, I've done, like, research about other people around them. So he is so fascinating. And I'm dying to know... I don't know, maybe this is just me, but what it was like at the French court with him and Surrey. Right. Surrey running around at 15 years old and like France. Can you imagine the the debauchery? I know. (laughs) What was I doing at 15? And then to be like in the middle of like the Renaissance era, just like, I mean, it must have been incredible to be in a fly on the wall. Right. This has been so, so much fun. Is there, hey, you know what? Is there anything I didn't ask you that you want, that you want to? You want to get out there now? This is your this is your personal get to know Rebecca. Your chance to kind of say something off the, <laughs> know, not off the cuff, but mm. something that's not scripted. Something that's you want to let your audience know, or I just want to let my audience know. Anybody who's listening right now, whether you've you've listened to one episode or over two hundred of them. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and appreciate that you took the time to stop by and to listen to the content that I've put out the last six years because I I do it for you. I mean, it's fun for me to do, but what fun is it if nobody's paying attention or listening to it? So thank you for listening. Well, thank you, Rebecca. This has been uh, just such a highlight for me and, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for being so inspiring and You might not even know who you're inspiring out there. You just, uh, you touch a lot of people. So thanks so much again. And um, I can't wait to listen to see uh, what's happening with the Tudor's Dynasty and beyond in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.